Hi guys, it's Lisa and welcome to this episode of the Cody Cast where we talk about all things that are trending in the world of digital marketing. Now, today I'm joined by someone who is known as P. Diddy, P. Rich. I don't know, a whole lot of bloody cool names, um, but she has been, I don't want to say lucky, probably unlucky to have been working with me for the best part of a decade. I'm showing how old we are, um, but welcome to the show, Paige. Woo! Thanks, LT. Very exciting to be back in the podcast chair. So you're actually employee number one. The the first of many. Um, but yeah, we. I think it's like in September is our 10-year anniversary. Oh, my God. Ooh. You poor thing. <laughs> I'm actually sure that Paige has Stockholm Syndrome or she feels sorry for me and just like I have to just stay to look after her because she's such a mess. But thank you so much, Paige. Uh, you are, uh, I guess, you. yeah, you're incredible at what you do. Maybe just to kick it off. So Paige was actually, um, I think, the second uh, episode of season one of the Cody cast. So make sure if you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to Paige's episode. Um, but do you want to just give a little bit of information about, about what you actually do at Cody other than keep me out of trouble? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm the content strategy lead at Cody. Uh, so basically any piece of content that comes out of Cody, I have hands in. Um, we want to make sure that the kind of content that we're putting out for our clients and for ourselves is dynamic and exciting. Um, but the uh, not just that, I should um, rephrase that, it's, it's not just about it being exciting and dynamic and all of that good stuff, but that there's thought behind it, there's data behind it, so we can justify why we want to do um, a certain idea, for example. So um, it's always thinking creatively but applying data to make sure that what we're doing is actually a benefit to our clients um, to help them achieve their digital marketing goals. Fantastic. Uh, and something that you do is you actually spend a lot of time uh, analyzing and creating strategies for our clients, which is something that, uh, you know, I think in the world of digital, it's not enough just to post pretty pictures um, or videos. Like you really need to have some sort of strategy behind uh, what you're doing online. And I think one of the big questions that always comes up, um, especially as an agency, we specialize in organic social is um, how many followers can I be expected to get? Uh, which is, oh my God, it's like, I think the question that comes up like all the time. Um, so can you talk a little bit about following and whether or not you even think it's important? Well, to rip the bandaid off immediately, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And it's, um, without being too hyperbolic about it, it's kind of a really archaic way of looking at social media. Um, because having, 100,000 followers doesn't equal success anymore, uh, especially like since, you know, the last two years, really. I don't want to say post-pandemic because we're, we're still here. Um, but people don't care about how many people follow you. They care about what you're going to do for them. Um, and I think that's where this shift needs to happen um, when brands are looking at their digital marketing efforts and they're looking at how do we reach out because now that social media is so kind of omnipresent in our lives, um, we look at it more so for uh, 
validation of our own ideas, I suppose. Uh, so in, in saying that, what I mean is if you were interested in a certain product, you wouldn't necessarily care about how many people are following their brand's social page. You care about what people are saying in the comments of, I bought this product, I love it, I can't live without it, it's amazing. And that will lead you further to a conversion than having no comments and 100,000 followers. Um, so that's the shift that when clients come to us about what their goals are for their digital marketing efforts are, and if one of them is, I want to build a really large following, we generally do pick them up on it and just let them know that where their focus really should be is engagement and continual community management because people want to be heard. They want their questions answered and they really, really want to feel as if by buying into what a brand is selling, they're entering a community. Um, and, you know, vanity metrics such as a large following doesn't lend itself to that kind of validation. And that's actually a really great point. Like you touched on community uh, community engagement and community management. And I think a lot of brands, unfortunately, focus too much on pushing out content and then not even responding to the audience that responds to that content. So whether it's asking a question or saying, love this post, you know, at a bare minimum, you need to be responding to every piece of content that oh, every Absolutely. Comment. What I think that brands really need to be looking at not only for the fact of building that community and being engaged with the people that are excited about their brand is it's free AB testing. It's free focus group testing. Um, if they're already in comments uh, in your comment section, asking questions of, uh, I love this product, but I really miss the formula of product A. When is that coming back? Is it coming back? Is this equivalent to it? You can already go, okay, well, they loved the formula of, uh, in the past, is there anything we can tweak for future product launches, things like that, which will save you a bunch of budget when when outlining what your business offerings are, what your your, uh, your new product suite will be or your services or anything like that. It, it's all happening on social. And to be engaged and to be in the comment section and to be asking those kinds of questions, you're getting that data for free, essentially, um, which is really, really important um, to yeah, to, to be involved in and to, to be part of that conversation. And it's quite interesting because if you think about if a potential customer came into your store and they were saying things, you wouldn't just ignore them. And that's kind of like, yeah, what, exactly. Social, if you're not responding to comments, you're literally just ignoring them. Yeah. And it's not. Good Hi, question. can I have some help, please? And then a blank face. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those really interesting things that if this brand is also operating a brick and mortar or um, or anything like that, you need to treat your social as if it's your digital brick and mortar because the same people will be asking the same questions. Uh, it's just not really happening to to come in and to be to be offering the same kind of community uh, community uh, management or customer service or however you'd like to phrase it uh, digitally. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, when it comes to uh, using engagement as the new metric of success, I feel that that's easily the strongest way uh, because if you can buy followers, you can buy engagement, but also, like you said, it doesn't mean anything just because you have a big following because if you break down someone's audience, you might see that only half are, you know, say if you're targeting females, only half might be females 
and then only a, a portion of that might be the age demographic and then only a portion of that are even going to see the content because of the algorithm. So um, that number doesn't actually mean a lot at the end of the day. It's like digging a little bit deeper and then going, okay, and, you know, I look at what we're doing in the influencer space. A lot of the time those smaller influencers actually have the high, way higher engagement rate. I think it's like 11% for influencers that are under uh, 10K versus um, I think 0.98% for those between 10K and 100K. So it's just absolutely and Yeah. And, and the way that like in, in my, in the simplest way that I can explain this is in the past when the algorithm was a little less hectic as what it is now, uh, when social media was much more of a novelty as a uh, an omnipresent part of our lives, you could equate following to success because people were often on social connecting with brands that they want to see, they want to purchase from, and it was quite organic. But now the shift from not only algorithmic changes but societal changes to the way that we interact with this technology to even down to the granular, granular things of the age of the people actually on platform and their uh, consumer behaviours, now you can you can't make that correlation between followers uh, to a, uh, a conversion um, because it's such a large scale now of how many touch points you'll need to have with somebody. So if you've, you know, I'm using 100K because I'm terrible at math, so <laughs> this is my easy, my easy, easy um, uh, example. But if you've got 100K following but only 100 people are actively um, you know, commenting, liking, they've bought your product, they've reviewed your product, if they're your hyper-engaged niche audience, the other 99,900 people, whatever, it, they they don't count really. They're ghost followers. They're not doing anything for your brand outside of building out a, a vanity number that is, A, kind of pointless to be putting – uh, effort, time, budget into uh, sustaining and growing if they're not then becoming an active follower of yours. But also it's skewing your data, especially that for your example of if people were to purchase followers or do follow for follow or for any kind of like like farm things to, uh, to bump up or enhance that following, your data is skewed because if you're a to use your example, if you're a primar uh, primarily female-focused brand but you've got bought followers or farmed followers that A, aren't even in a country that you ship to, B, aren't the gender that you're targeting, um, and C, aren't active, then it's a waste of time and effort and it'll flip out your algorithm, it'll make your um, any kind of deep dive into audience demographics harder, It'll make retargeting if you're going to put a paid campaign to it harder. It'll make there there is no upside to it essentially outside of people go wow they've got a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's look. I think people can get too obsessed with numbers, and I almost feel like it's better that Instagram have removed things like likes so you can actually more focus on uh, you know content and probably the fact that they've removed likes uh, comments become infinitely more important because that's the metric. Like that's, that's what you can actually see there. 
So if you don't have a lot of comments, then how engaged is your audience really? Uh, and I often do see that smaller influencers, because they've got the time to sit there and respond uh, to, to, to their followers. It's more authentic. Definitely. And it actually trains them to then keep the followers to then keep actually commenting as well. And then the influencer responds and then, or the brand responds, and then it just keeps um, self-perpetuating. Whereas the bigger um, influencers and brands might not necessarily dedicate enough time to that. So then eventually people are like, well, what's the point of me commenting? You're not going to comment back. And it can mean a lot when a brand or a person um, really comments. And I'm actually starting to see quite an interesting trend where brands themselves are starting to comment as their people. And that's really coming across mm. on TikTok. Um, in particular, I was talking to one of our clients and she was mentioning how brands really, shout out to Nikki, she, uh, you know, brands are doing that so much more on TikTok. And if you go on, you see the comment section, a lot of the time it's brands and they're really funny. Like they're, they're almost like writing as they're a person. Like, you know, it's not just like your Netflix who have traditionally had amazing and funny tone of voices. It's like Duolingo or um, Ryanair. Or, Duolingo where is they come from? My, they're hilarious on TikTok. They are my absolute favorite. I love, um, it's, it's like smart, dumb comedy. Yeah. That, it's it there's obviously thought behind it there's some strategy behind it they've they've really thought about it but it feels effort uh like effortless it feels like it's just they found the funniest person in their office and when you do this yeah exactly exactly and it's brilliant so yeah so it's it, interesting I'm, I'm excited to watch the space and i feel that there's going to be a lot of things happening and uh look who knows what's going to happen with the platforms in the future things are always changing but that's what makes our life lots of fun um thank you for sharing your knowledge on today's episode page um, make sure that you check out Paige's previous episode um she's got some upcoming episodes as well she is full of knowledge. I know I'm always harassing her to help me with things and give me advice. Uh, so thank you so much for making the time to stop by and have a chat with me, Paige. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating and review, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye.